Hey everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Lee. Lee has qualifications in performance nutrition, environmental psychology, and advanced sleep consultancy. And he delivers multidisciplinary workshops focused on improving performance and productivity through increasing employee well-being. This is an issue very close to his heart as after losing the ability to walk in 2014 due to chronic illness, he has battled back to achieve a positive health outcome and is now on the pathway to become medication free. He also presents the health and well-being show on Ribble FM radio and speaks in educational establishments about his varied career path, health challenges, and having a resilient mindset. Based in Preston in the north of the UK, Lee is currently working with business owners and employee teams to create culture change, well-being strategies, and champions. He is a father of two, coaches a disability football team, and enjoys eating good food with good friends. He is currently writing his first book, How to Conquer Anything, which will be released this November. Hope you enjoy today's episode. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. Lee, I am so excited to have you on the show today to talk about workplace well-being some of the mental health struggles that you have experienced, physical challenges you have endured, and just the overall topic of, of well-being and why that is so such of a passion of yours. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on today, Kelly, and thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So if you could tell my listeners who you are, a little bit about what you do, and just your story leading up to where you are now. Yeah, so we'll start with a little bit about today. So I'm Lee Chambers and I live in the UK and I've always lived here. I grew up here and in many ways it's a big part of me. And today I have a wife and two children and I run a workplace wellbeing company. So if we kind of pull it all the way back to my childhood, I had a relatively stable childhood. Uh, I'm mixed race, so my my mum is Caucasian. My father is of Jamaican heritage. Mm-hmm. So again, that was always that was always an interesting thing to navigate when younger. But mm-hmm. both my parents worked really hard to ensure that our basic needs were met. We always had food on the table. We always had a roof over our heads. And in many ways, I, I had quite a stable childhood. And I was kind of grateful for that, definitely in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the first member of my extended family to go to university. So in many ways, I was breaking that mold, those societal expectations. My parents really pushed for that and wanted me to try and fulfill my potential and really go and do something with a more academic edge 
than mm-hmm. many of the contemporaries around me. So I went to university and really enjoyed it at first. Suddenly I had the autonomy, you know, I had the freedom and mm-hmm. I was unleashed in many ways. <laughs> yeah. um, but then unfortunately, what, what quite often happens is I was trying to navigate the adolescence adult pathway. Mm-hmm. And as a young male, back then it was very difficult. There wasn't the awareness around how to, you know, build your emotional intelligence to be able to dig a bit deeper inside yourself. Yeah. So I was, I didn't really have much expression from my own father. He spent most of the time out at work. Okay. And again, he kind of provided, but his overall level of engagement with me as a son was quite low. So okay. didn't really have a framework of what to expect to become a man. My father hadn't really shown me. Mm. I looked out to society and I just didn't see me in so many ways gotcha. so lots of different expressions of masculinity none of which really looks, looked or felt like me but I didn't have the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence and the ability to probe myself to actually find out who I was so instead of trying to approach that and develop that I actually started to step back and avoid it mm-hmm. I started to struggle with my studies I froze on stage doing a presentation in front of three other other students and that led me on a little bit of a downward spiral with my own mental health so Mm -hmm. my self-talk was increasingly negative my self-care dropped off considerably and actually started to isolate myself and it got to a serious point where I isolated myself through my exam period Mm. and didn't go to any of my exams which then left university led university to phone home and then my mum and dad came and took me home okay so in so many ways that was kind of like the first time I'd really had significant challenge yeah and I'd really struggled with it and again modern parenting is almost designed to smooth out the bumps until you hit adulthood Uh but that leaves you slightly unprepared for when you fall into the hole (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, and yeah, and I kind of see that now there is, the conversations are a bit more there. Masculinity has become a bit more open. And mm-hmm. People are finding ways to express themselves more authentically. Um, still an awful long way to go. And yet yeah. now there is places online, there is the people who are employed to kind of assist with these things. And there's just much more awareness around young men not being able to navigate that world and not being able to have those deeper conversations and have that self-exploration that you really need to begin to understand how you yeah. basically who you are and how you work yeah absolutely um and I wanted to ask you based on you know what you were sharing about not feeling prepared what would you say are the most common misconceptions associated with let me see how to word it the most common misconceptions associated with um, going into adulthood, especially as a man? Yeah, so I, I think that in many ways, society tells you you will suddenly become the protector, the earner. Got you. Mm-hmm. And, and that you'll suddenly have massive freedom of choice. And with that freedom of choice comes an element of responsibility. But mm-hmm. if you kind of look, 
if you've not got a very strong expression yourself, you will look to what's been imprinted upon you as you've grown up. Absolutely. And you'll kind of look through that lens at what masculinity's societal expectation is today. Mm-hmm. So I'm here as a young male. I'm not a traditional Caucasian male. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that bit different. So I'm looking to who, you know, who, who could I possibly model? And got you. Okay. That makes role sense. model, role model wise, as a young black male, you're looking <laughs> at either musicians, sports people, and a few people in the realms of acting. And you don't see the diversity and inclusion of what you could possibly be in terms of, you could be a businessman, you could be a pianist. You could be a scientist, you could be an engineer, but you don't see those people. Mm-hmm. And therefore you don't have that wider representation of who you can be. So I was a young black male looking at rappers thinking, that's not like me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but then not knowing who am I? <laughs> so it exactly. kind of almost leads to this confusion and naturally, you, you're gonna, you suddenly believe that you'll become a man and it'll all fall into peace. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, you'll, you'll grow up, you'll get the choice and you'll forge your path. And yet, if you forge your path without defining who you are, you could be going off up the wrong mountain. Mm-hmm. And the more you hustle and the more you head down, the further away you're moving away from who you actually want to become. Absolutely. And that's so important for young men of today is spend the time to start to understand you, how you navigate your own world, become more self-aware. So before you start on your journey, start to define where your journey is going to take you. And it's, it's, a problem really good. Yeah. it's a problem that's prevalent in society because education generally teaches you to find answers. Mm-hmm. Okay, found the answers put them on this piece of paper, welcome to the next phase of your life. Whereas in the reality, we need to be able to ask ourselves those powerful questions to break down those barriers and those limits we put upon ourselves and start to dig below the surface to find out who we are. We need to be able to actively listen to other people, not thinking what we're going to say next, but taking in what they are saying and understanding that we all have an individual perception and perspective of the world. And if we start to understand that and become less judgmental, you can actually hear what other people are saying. Mm-hmm. So often, they're actually encouragement, empowerment is out there, but we don't hear it because we're not listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think all of that is just so needed. What would you advise parents of young men to do to kind of make that transition, I won't say easier, but make it um, real. Yeah, and I kind of think we children need to be allowed to fail mm-hmm. to a point where they realize that failure isn't everything. It's just part of your journey shaping who you become. Yeah. And, and modern society is very protective. And, you know, when your toddler's touching the toilet seat, 
you tell them not to touch the toilet seat. That's like, you know, you keep, there's a level where you're keeping your children safe. Absolutely. That's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And yet we do a lot of telling our children what to do. Gotcha. And really, we should be opening the situation up for to kind of... For them to make the decision. Yeah, to give gotcha. them an understanding of what they need to do. And then let them go out there and measure because children are curious. They ask Absolutely. really powerful questions and they don't know where the limits are, which is really powerful because as humans, we don't really know what our potential is. Mm-hmm. But as we get older, we start to put limits on boundaries on what we can do. And children don't have that. So let them push those limits. And again, it's almost about you need to be the change that you wish them to become. So you set the example. If you if you're not congruent with what you do and what you say, children are also incredibly agile and dynamic. So they see that straight away. Daddy says this, but daddy does this. Exactly. They follow the messenger before they follow the message. So mm-hmm. they will build a lot of their expectation on the words that you use, the actions that you take and how you navigate the world. If you're, if you're open and honest, they become open and honest. And it's realizing that everything that we do, when a baby's born, it has a few vital functions to keep it alive. Everything else is imprinted, implanted, and mm-hmm. stuck on from society as they grow up. And what you stick on your child your responsibility if you're self-aware enough to realize and see the patterns that you're repeating from your own experience as a child and starting to see how those might at some point in the life hold your child back yes well that's the biggest part of self-awareness that you can take because in so many ways don't repeat the same mistakes that your parents made of you because there is no parenting manual there's no perfect parenting exactly it's it's a journey it requires patience it requires Mm -hmm. connection um and children will be children absolutely (laughs) and i've got two myself and all boy (laughs) sometimes oh man um (laughs) but yeah i try to sit down and connect don't expect them to be perfect i let them make mistakes and then say you know what that didn't go right but why i can do that next time yeah, actually have a conversation about it, but don't try to prevent failure because it's just a natural part of the process. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's beginning to understand that. Children really like feedback. Yeah. But if you can then explain it a little bit more, mm-hmm. then, then all of a sudden it, allow, it allows the neural pathways to just widen because they start to question, they start to become more curious about what they can achieve and again if you tell your child you need to be this then over time that just then puts them on a path which is not their path yeah yeah and then they'll be dependent upon you to tell them everything including when they you know become an adult yeah and in so many ways i think parenthood is about equipping them with the tools the techniques and the skills to find out who they are and go and express that 
authentically to the world. Yeah, I think that is so good. And, and just the points that you made are, I've heard, you know, my husband also talk about similar of, you know, similar expectations that society has set and just feeling prepared to go into the world as an adult. And so I, I could definitely see, you know, some of the things that, that you were talking about. I don't feel that the pressure is as much as a woman based off of my experience. I'll say that. Um, So it is enlightening to hear your experience, especially, you know, um, being a mixed young man, um, you know, that I'm grateful that you're sharing this because I'm sure there are are some of my listeners that may have had a similar experience or maybe are parents of young men that want to know, okay, this is the problem, but how can we prepare them for the real world? Yeah. And again, it's that kind of, if you bring forward the things that you wish, so you wish for them to be inquisitive, be inquisitive yourself. You wish for them to be inclusive and be inclusive. You want them to be non-judgmental you have to be non-judgmental. And yeah. if you want them to communicate and ask questions, then it starts with you as a parent. You begin that process. You can either shut them off to the world or open them up to the world. Yeah. Get them close the possibilities or expand the horizons. And in so many ways, it's up to you to open the doors to the vision while not physically opening the door so that they don't, go through the process of learning that yeah absolutely yeah how has this influenced your parenting yeah so in many ways it's led me to really reflect quite often Mm. on how I parent and there's been times again as we're not perfect where I feel Mm -hmm. I haven't lived up to being the father that I want to be so Mm -hmm. I've sat down with my children and I've told them that. I've apologised for being short on patient. I've apologised for not understanding what they were saying and, and, you know, jumping to conclusions and judging. And I kind of feel that if I can be vulnerable enough to offer myself up as an adult and say, I got it wrong, then they'll be able to do the same thing when they're older. And that then builds because when they do wrong to someone in the world, they also are open to say sorry and explain why. And that really helps with connection with other people because when you're able to articulate why you did something, that helps other people understand the decision and and takes that judgment and that feeling away. Because again, we're not a single being. We have a shared human experience. Everyone feels these emotions from the deepest despair to the blazing joy, everything in between. And as we start to learn to embrace that, because again, that for me, I bottled up that negative emotion. Mm -hmm. That comes to bite you psychologically later down the line. You have to express the whole range of emotion and find productive ways to do that. Absolutely. I I agree with that. And I'm, I'm just inspired to hear, you know, my daughter, she's one. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm taking notes, you know, just as, as she gets older, um, because like you said, you know, no parent is perfect. Um, you know, but my husband and I have, have tried to 
make note of some of the things that maybe we would have benefited from as as children and in in preparation for the real world and trying to now incorporate those things into our our parenting so i pre i appreciate this conversation um i want to switch gears a little bit here and talking about your well-being business can you share with us who you work with um, and what exactly you do with your well-being business yeah so the well-being business has two different sections so the first section is for individuals and we mainly work with entrepreneurs and small business owners and the real focus of it is to help them align the facts that the business is a vehicle to achieve the life that they desire mm. and the business should be purposeful and conscious and be doing something to change the world in a positive way mm -hmm. So we really look and start to understand, firstly, what is, what, what's your purpose? Going deep yeah. beyond the goals that you've set to dig into why you've got those goals. Sounds good. And then really going deeper into that and to find, so what you've got these goals, why you've got these goals, but actually getting right down to the, the roots of your tree. What fuels you every day to keep going? Absolutely. What is it? that you hope to achieve and we can question our way down so that you know that defined purpose we start to reflect on elements of our life and start to see what's the patterns among the experiences the people that we've met the things we've enjoyed the things we've not enjoyed what's the underlying themes here because there's always something that knits all this together mm -hmm. reflecting on that looking where you want to go but defining it so we get a real clear vision of what you want as a person, you know, what, who you want to become, what you stand yeah. for, get that clarity on those values. And then we start to look directionally, where do you want to go? So we then work with them to optimize their energy. So we look at the sleep, the nutrition, the movement, how they can yeah. start to make small incremental changes to go in a better direction with them. Because at the end of the day, Business's biggest asset is your physical and your mental health. And again, mm -hmm. the business is a vehicle to, you know, to get that purpose and start moving on the highway. But you don't want to be a drunk driver. You don't want to be a sleepy driver. And you don't want to be a driver who's driving his way to the hospital. You want to be driving yeah. the way to the destination that you're choosing. So we, we give them that energy and that helps them on the journey up the mountain of life. And then we look at some of the psychological stuff. So we dig into the past a little bit, start looking at what limiting beliefs are holding them back, habits that aren't serving them, what false limits they're placing. Then we also flip that and see what sacrifices have you made to get to where you are today? What yeah. are your priorities like? What obstacles might you face in the future? How can you start to break them down? We ask other people, you know, what, what, what are their strengths? Start to realise, actually... We have blind spots and we don't see what our strengths are. Most Absolutely. Um, and really we get them almost turbocharged in that mindset. And then we help them plan, looking out to 10 years time, and future casting back, making milestones and goals and things they can achieve, it, but breaking it down to the point where they've got that person they want to become who is as really as big in terms of developmental growth, life mm -hmm. growth, as the business grow, 
because you don't want your business to be massive and you to be small. Absolutely. You, you feel or out of sync. And for so many people that it, it becomes a, almost like a wheel that destroys itself because mm-hmm. the business is turning so quickly, but you're just like a, a little cog and you just can't, you can't deal with it. And it's, it's all about really growing as much as your business grows because your business is only really going to be as successful as you are. And again, it's taking you somewhere to change the world, but mm-hmm. you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to be big enough to steer the wheel. And as, as the, as you go from a little car to a van, to a massive truck, you've got to grow suddenly what you're steering is much, much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that essentialized workplace well-being, which you are the founder of, I think it is a very holistic business, um, which I, I appreciate because you are making note of psychology. You are making note of sleep. You are making note of nutrition on top of, you know, business well-being. And I think a lot of times it's separated. Um, You, you know, like you said, your business is big, but you're small. Um, You know, emphasis is going to be placed in either the business or you. Um, But I love that your business focuses on the holistic aspect of people um, and that you, you don't really leave anything undone. Yeah. And in so many ways, the, the, the second section, we work with organizations. So we run wellbeing workshops that help them connect just how sleep, nutrition, movement, habits, and mindset fuse together. If you get their employees all moving in the same direction in that. But more importantly, before I come and deliver those workshops, I go in there and assess the workplace's culture because there is very little value in me coming and building health awareness and strategies and policies. Yeah. Company, company's culture is toxic to its employees because it, it won't embed, it won't make any difference because workplace wellbeing starts inside a company. The leadership needs to have value set. The company needs to have a purpose and the leaders need to be people who want to create other leaders to empower their staff and employees. And if anything, I often say that leadership is to serve, to service, to care, and care is all about love. So the secret, the secret to good leadership really is loving people. <laughs> and in so many ways, employees at, at, the, at the simple heart, the real foundation of workplace well-being is not sleep and not nutrition it's employees feeling appreciated and having the autonomy to grow in the workplace that's the foundation that's where it starts if you don't appreciate your employees if you don't give them the space to grow and you just constantly tell them what to do there's no point me going and talking to them about improving (laughs) the sleep exactly because they don't feel like they will take responsibility. You are, they are coming to your workplace in the morning. By the time they leave, you've sucked the well-being out of them. It, that workplace environment is, is so vital. So before I go into all the health awareness stuff, I go in there and look at the culture. We look at the leadership and management capability. We look at the company's values and purpose. 
it's simple. A company needs to be conscious of all its stakeholders, and that includes society, the partners and collaborators, the investors, mm -hmm. their employees. Just the bigger picture. What does this company stand for? What change are you making? Is that communicated to employees so they understand what buzz they're traveling on? They want to know that they're part of a journey to do something. Does it align with them? If it does, they'll be engaged, they'll be motivated. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I can get them, I can get them performing better and help them with the well-being. But that all really starts with a company having a culture that is inclusive, that embraces people's talents, that helps people to move towards the potential and starts to bring that out of people rather than blaming them, making them scared of failure, holding them back, leaving them judged and being in a place where they can't express themselves because we do our best work when we can take our authentic strengths and express them in our own way towards a purpose. Yeah, that is so good and especially needed during this time. I think some people underestimate the importance of having a workplace culture that is Certainly. like the one that you that you mentioned um, that really takes in the whole person that values the employees that appreciates them um, and I love that you start with the culture instead of coming in with something new you start with the culture that's already existing and I think that's a that's a good tool for anything not even just the workplace um, but because you're going into systems that are already in place so you have to deal with the system that's already there before you can even introduce anything new exactly and it mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't make a difference if it's not embedded into those processes exactly so i believe everyone will be like oh that sleep stuff interesting a week later they'll be back doing the everyday role exactly and, and it won't have made any difference and i don't want the, a situation for companies to be like here's some yoga classes here's a few fruit bowls here's a slide <laughs> in the middle of the office because the problem with that is there's already people who are engaged in well-being they will do the yoga class and not pay for the tuesday night one they will eat the fruit because they already like fruit and they'll jump down the slide you know, if they're feeling really, you know, happy one day, or if they're really feeling like jumping off the side of the cliff. Um, and in so many ways, what happens is the person who needs engaging, the person with the lowest standard of well-being, is the person who sat there saying, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to dress up in exercise clothes for yoga. I don't want this fruit. I'm going to go and use the vending machine, and mm -hmm. I don't want exactly. to use the slide." Like, I, I honestly feel like. I don't feel like having fun. It's not fun here. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. Um, just having that embedded in you and, you know, establishing habits, I think is, is really important. So I want us to wrap up this discussion talking about your book. You're writing your first book, How to Conquer Anything, which will be released in November. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. How has the, um, the writing process been for you? Um, what should we expect? Um, it's been interesting. Obviously, when <laughs> you write your first book, you're never truly prepared for what you're no. letting yourself in for. <laughs> um, so in many ways, to give you a bit of a taster, 
Um, it goes into the mental health issues that were explored earlier in this episode. And then okay. in a little bit into when I graduated, straight into the economic crash. So mm -hmm. I lost my job, I lost my professional training. It then looks at what I did after that. I went off on a pathway that wasn't my path, but it's part mm -hmm. of my journey. And then goes into a bit more detail on me losing the ability to walk in 2014 and the recovery process from that. Uh, but then the second part of the book actually starts to look at the science of how we overcome and start to conquer things such as fear, such as anxiety, yeah. looking at perfectionism and procrastination and giving you actionable and digestible tools to implement every day to gradually reduce these things that so often hold us back. And that comes from working with so many clients where there's always something that, that holds you back from really moving towards your potential, but you have the power to conquer that. You have the answers inside of you. So the real aim of the book is to show you, I've been through some challenges and mm -hmm. again, I've managed to overcome those and that's part of my journey. And you're going to have the challenges in your journey as well. Here's some simple tools, some big ideas, and some real considerations about just how amazing human beings are, and just how we've evolved over millions of years to become really a, a machine that can conquer anything, really. We, oh. we, are, we are amazing, and it's not something that's often spoken about, but yet the fact we're so interconnected for our body and mind and spirit, and how we start to navigate that and start to have the capacity to understand ourselves better it takes so it takes some experimenting in a world where it's designed to bombard us uh take our intel take our intelligence and attention away and put us in some kind of state where we're walking about and we spend most of our time in autopilot but you have the power to take that back and live life on your own terms and not be blown around by the wind and mm. when you do that you start to realize just how powerful human beings are. Absolutely. That sounds so good. And I look forward to reading and sharing and hopefully having you back on the show after, after the book has been published so we can talk a little bit more in depth about it. But again, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So just to wrap it up, um, where can my listeners stay connected with you online? Um, and, you know, find out more about what you do, your upcoming book and things like that. So the best places to find me would be leechambers.org and essentialize.co.uk. And I'm on Instagram at essentialize coach. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I will have those links in the episode description for those who would like to stay connected with Lee. Um, thank you to everyone for tuning in and make sure that you connect with Lee on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE podcast conversation starter stick available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. 
The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.